Art, Neil Grabowski, Through the Lens Studios from Montclair, New Jersey. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I am calling to ask a question that you might know the answer to. I hope you do, actually. I do podcasts and uh, videocasts on a, a fairly regular basis, and right now we use a service called Ringer, which allows us to do double enders when uh, we want the person on the remote end to record their uh, their audio, and then we mix the two together uh, from the studio uh, and then the remote end. I'm sure that there are other solutions out there that other podcasters like yourself uh, use to do a double-ender uh, that is still easy for the remote end uh, but renders a, a better quality result than uh, your usual Skype uh, all-local recorded episode. That's my question. Thanks so much. Uh, look forward to hearing what your answers are. That's a great question, Neil. The last time I played a doubleheader, I was in Little League. No? Oh, a double-ender. Oh, my mistake. No, Neil. Unfortunately, I don't have much experience doing double-enders on my podcast. Thanks for the question, though. Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market and Q Talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I am your host, Art Aldridge, and joining me, a special guest on the TWIP hotline, my friend and colleague, Mr. Bernie Mitchell. Welcome, Bernie. Hey, Art. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hanging in there. We've had some interactions on uh, your channel your youtube channel i was recently a guest on your the world is my location which obviously in the pandemic it's not right so you you put together a panel yep. it was myself and uh two colleagues from the video industry and we were discussing you know covid and what's happening with production and where we think it's going and it was fun and it, you did it as a, a vlog, if you will, but you recorded it as if it were live. And Correct. that was your first go-round with your own live recording like that. Yeah, I've, I've been doing a, a couple of them, and they've been extreme learning curves. Um, I've been using different software. The one that we used that you're talking about, which is on the world is my location website uh our youtube channel is um i was using memo live to do that and i really like memo live but it's extremely frustrating and the reason i say that is because it's extremely uh capable and so there are various settings inside of settings and it's sort of like you have to go check everyone two or three times to make sure that you are doing exactly what you want to do. And then it's really powerful. One of the nice things that allows you to do is besides having just the, let's say in, th in this case, uh, we inter I interviewed three people. So there were four of us on the live, almost live stream. And what it will allow me to do is not only have the program output recorded so i can actually switch that on the computer as if i was switching a live four camera shoot but it will also allow me 
to do ISO recordings of each of the four inputs so that if I screw up as the live switcher, I can go back to the ISO recordings and cut those all together. Now that's really good. But again, you have to go through and make sure that every setting on those recordings is going to where you want it to go or you're going to run into problems. Well, it's, and so, it's a case, I think, of like, you don't know what you don't know <laughs> until exactly. you don't know it. Exactly. And it's like, you know, the more you use the software, the more familiar you get with it and the, and the gotchas and the, I got to make sure I do this and I got to make sure I do that. And so that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying it's, it's kind of a learning curve. But let, let me back up and give you a little background on, on how this, that whole interview came together. Um, so we decided, I decided this would be a good thing to do, get a camera manufacturer, get a reseller and get you as a producer and user and talk about how the heck is production being done now when things are so up in the air. That seemed like a great idea. So everybody agreed. And so we decided that we would do it on, on a Monday or whatever the date was, I don't remember. But the problem is, is that people who have seen my latest, my July update on the channel, we'll see that I recorded that. Um, and basically when I do that and I have, you know, a backdrop and all that, I do it in my garage because I'm basically quarantined here in the house. Well, the problem when we wanted to do this episode was that it was 110 degrees outside, <laughs> which means that in the garage, I have no idea what it was, but there was no way I was going to go set up a backdrop and lights and all of that in the garage. Now, wasn't it true that your wife locked the door from the inside so you couldn't get back <laughs> in the house? Well, yeah, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. I convinced my wife that I was going to take over the living room. And so it was funny. I should uh, post online the pictures because we had to move all the furniture around. And I hung the backdrop and had backlight and, you know, feet key and fill lights and all of that stuff. So I was getting all set up where where we could do it and then it was like okay what camera am i going to use and i have a few cameras around the house but i also have a youtube channel which is bernie drops the needle which is all about uh classic uh albums and rock music and when i do that i shoot that upstairs in my office with all my albums behind me and it works great and i've been doing that for a few months now and I record all of that on my trusty old Panasonic DVX 200, which is a great, you know, 4K camera. It's a little old, but, you know, it works fine. So when we're doing this quote unquote live interview, I set up the tripod. I put the DVX 200 on it and I'm going, okay, we're good. And I had to buy an HDMI, you know, box that would get me into my computer, the USB and all that. But I did all that and we're all good to go. And we're, we're doing the test, and I think it was you, Art. One of the guys from the other side that I'm interviewing go says to me, why is your camera so out of sync? The latency is so bad. And that was a gotcha because I had known that about the DVX200 because when it comes out, the HDMI, it's coming out from, from the processing so it will delay, and it is not a camera that you want to use 
in IMAG situations, but I had totally forgot about that. So I went, hmm, okay, I won't use that. So then we decide, well, you know, I've got the other three people waiting and I'm looking like a fool. Let's just go ahead. We'll use the camera on my uh, MacBook Pro laptop, you know, and it's not great, but it's good enough and let's just go. And so we went ahead and we did, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Art, but I think it was about a 40-minute interview. Um, yeah, maybe, and, maybe longer, but yeah, we, yeah. we recorded a great conversation. Yeah, and it, it was fabulous. And so when I finished, I look over to my computer and I go up to push the button that says stop the show. And when I go up there, the button says start show. <laughs> And I'm 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 laughing, but it's I'm laughing with you, not at you, because it's, I've, it's a, it's I've a, been it's there. A, it's a classic mistake that I haven't made in years, but I made it this time. We never ever recorded the show. Well, you can imagine my my embarrassment to you three guys to say that was wonderful, guys. But you know what? <laughs> we didn't get any of it. So what we decided is we would try it a couple of days later. And so, all right, I leave the stuff set up in the living room for a couple of days. I get all, you know, I'm going, okay, what camera am I going to use? Well, let me use the Lumix GH5. That should work fine. So I hook it up and we do tests with it and <clears throat> latency issues again. But now here's a second gotcha. But because we were right before recording the show and making sure that I push the record button this time and all of that pressure, I leave the Lumix set up on the tripod in front of me, you know, where I'm looking and in front of my computer. But we decided the last minute, again, I'll use the computer camera. But I'm so nervous about making sure that I actually hit the record button that when I do hit the record button, as I do my opening, I look up, I see the Lumix in front of me, I know I have to make eye contact, and I look directly into the Lumix lenses, <laughs> which is not where we're recording. We're recording off of the laptop. So my whole introduction has horrible eyesight, eyeline sight. I mean, it's just like, duh, you know. So anyway, now I'm really concerned that, oh, God, I hope I'm recording all of these ISOs and everything works out. We go through the interview the second time, and it does work. And finally, at the end, of, you know, we get, get the content. At the end, I look up, and I'm going to hit the stop show button. And gosh, it says stop show. So I know I've recorded it. So I hit stop show, and it's like, great. Then... I decide, okay, let's go in and let's edit it. And here we get to gotcha number three. Because when we were doing the show, I was switching it live on the computer. And I was outputting that and recording that as one of the ISOs. So that was all working great until I realized that I was paying so much attention to switching the show that I wasn't actually listening to what the people were saying in the interview. And this became embarrassing when one of the people said something and then I asked him a question, which meant that I hadn't heard anything he said and he had to repeat it. And so at that point, I went, okay, 
I'm doing everything as ISO recording. I don't need to switch it live anymore. So we went ahead and we finished the interview. Okay. But like I said, now I get into editing. So I get into editing and I do it in Final Cut and I do it as a multicam edit. And it's working really great. Everything is synced up, you know, and I'm just sitting there and I'm watching the program feed where I'm switching it and I'm going, okay, this is good. And then I get to the point in the show where I stopped switching and I went, okay, now I'll take the ISOs. And here's another problem because apparently when I was setting up the ISOs for recording, I put them onto hard drives and some of the hard drives weren't fast enough. So we're dropping frames and that doesn't look good. And in a couple of them, I had the audio setting wrong. Instead of being the ISO of the person that was there, it was set to a program mix, which was okay. But in another case, it was set to the host mix. So there was no audio. So here you go. The, the ISO of me, no audio. The ISO of one of the other guys, on a hard drive, it's not fast enough to use. So basically what I had was these four feeds where the program feed had stopped. I mean, it was just giving me this split screen, but I had no ISOs. I had only two of the four guys that I could use ISOs for, which works great when they're talking. But when they're not talking and somebody else is talking, it doesn't make a lot of sense to cut to the other guy. So here's the next workaround. So now I have to go in to the MIMO recording of the program split, which is the four-way quad split, and crop it down to the one person that I want talking and then blow that up to fill the screen. Right. And, and of course, you know, the resolution mm, takes a little hit on that. But it's, it's like these are the things that I kind of learned and hopefully I'm going to do another one next week. Hopefully the, it'll be a little bit easier because I know the places to look for. Um, but it, it, it's definitely a learning curve. And I have an, uh, another interview that I did with a musician on uh, Bernie Drops the Needle uh, episodes. And we tried and we tried and we tried and we could not get him to connect using Mimo Live. And I don't know if it was because where he lives, he doesn't have a lot of bandwidth, you know, or what the issue is. So finally, I just say to him, listen, let's just record it using Zoom. Okay, so we did. Now, the problem was he didn't have a good background for where he was. So he decides to use one of the Zoom backgrounds, which was the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. But, of course, he has no lighting. So, as a result, the key doesn't work. So, every time he moves his head, you get this sort of black, holy aura <laughs> around his head. So, when you record on Zoom, you get both images on the screen. My image looked great. His image doesn't look very good. And it is smaller than my image is. So now when I go into edit, what do I got to do? I got to crop 
down to um, to where I just have him, and then I have to blow him up. And again, the resolution goes, and then the key looks even worse. And that's a an issue I'm still talking to him about. We may have to figure out a, a way to re-record that. So I guess I guess what I'm saying in a nutshell is this is a this is a fun new world trying to do this streaming stuff. And when it works, it's really cool. Um, but as a traditional, you know, visual storyteller, as a traditional filmmaker, a video guy, these are new skill sets. And and these are new things that you have to learn because like everybody else, I've been doing production for years. And I have an innate set of skills that I just use. And if I'm in a crisis situation, you know what to fall back on. And everything just works because you're used to doing it. Uh, not so much the case now. Well, now, now. Now, now you have to develop a new set of skills. And That's right. That's right. And I think if, if I go back in my head, so I did a, a Mimo special edition of twip when you launched your youtube music, channel music, the music channel, music channel. and we used mimo and i think you you looked at that and go wow this is pretty cool seems pretty simple and believe me i've broken many uh, a job <laughs> open trying to figure out things but i've i've been doing it you know almost every day since you know march now and and i've you know certainly increased my live streaming skills you know over the years but nothing like you know since covid started but you know it looked probably really simple to you oh you just click on this link it's got the picture and you're done and yeah, it, yeah. there's there's a lot more that that goes into it and i i can give you a few pointers on zoom because i've tried to use zoom zoom is good because it's fairly ubiquitous a lot of people know how to use it. It's pretty straightforward. It has really good audio echo cancellation technology. So okay. if you don't have headphones on right. and you're using your computer speaker, Zoom's audio is actually really good at canceling out that echo. Better than anything I've ever seen that does it you know, in an automated way. Because the problem with any of these conferencing systems is if your microphone is picking up program audio and sending it back into the program, you get a nasty feedback loop. Right. And I right. do, I do memo calls with five or six participants. Some are just uh, contributing audio comments to the, to the on-camera person. But if one of them doesn't wear headphones, it, it ruins the experience for everyone else. Exactly. And and I found that too, where I've been telling people, because here's the other thing you have to do, sort of in the pre-production, you have to send out emails and you have to say, okay, this is these are the steps we're going to follow. You, if you're using Mimo, I will send you a link. You go in, you open that link. You know, you got to make sure that you're not talking on your phone if you're using your phone for Mimo while you're doing that. You have to wear headsets, you know, and it's like, no matter how much, and, and I know you do this as well, Art, no matter how much you put the guidelines for what people should do, 
sometimes they don't pay attention. Oh, most of the time they don't pay attention. <laughs> and I, I've got PDF guidelines that I've made. I spent a large amount of time preparing screenshots and step-by-steps, and I've got different scenarios, and I've got guides for all of these things, and I'll send them out ahead of time, and they're still ignored, and that that's frustrating. Just to get back to the Zoom for a minute, though, so Zoom, most people don't know, Zoom is not fully HD these days. It used to be that Zoom was a 720p system, and you could actually record what they call a speaker view and then a gallery view. And you could record those and they would be high def. But right. now, because of the amount of traffic on the platform, they can't handle the data. So they've halved the resolution to 360p. Uh-huh. So it's standard def res. So your speaker view is 640 by 360. And your gallery view is 1280 by 720, which is basically two you know, 360 streams side by side. So if in your case, in your example that you told me about your music interview, if you set up cloud recording, you could have recorded a speaker view and a gallery view that you could have switched without having to crop. Thank you. That's, that's good information to know. But that's the thing. It's sort of like there's so much mystic knowledge out there that, you know, it's difficult to find out what you need to do after you've already done the wrong thing. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I mean, for me, and I don't know how you go about your research. I know some, it's always like, well, I'll ask so-and-so. Like everyone has that so-and-so that you'll ask, hey, how do you do this? But even right. then, that's not enough of a reference to usually go ahead and do it. Like for me, yeah. I'll get on YouTube and I'll start watching YouTube videos about whatever it is I'm trying to do. And there's not one video that's the cookbook, but there might be 15 videos that there's a snippet about each thing that I need to know. And I'll have to watch all those and put, you know, a compilation of information together from that research. And yeah, and that's my process. Yeah, I've been doing that. And that's, that's extremely laborious. And, and the other thing that's frustrating, which is, because I've got these two YouTube channels, it's like I'm always running into questions about, well, can I do this or can I do that? And YouTube is not good at having a way to answer those questions quickly. There's, their support is not like, oh, here's a chat. Oh, ask YouTube this. You know, it's sort of like you got to go to do the search and try to find videos, like you're saying that might answer you. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they have, they have a billions of users. I mean, there's probably no, no I know no mechanism I know. to give any kind of personalized re- look, even companies that are not as big as YouTube and Google, um, aren't even responsive in support. <laughs> true, so that's, true. that's just true. how it goes nowadays, unless you're spending, you know, I, it's not even a guarantee if you spend tens of thousands of dollars on a piece of equipment that you're going to get support, but your chances are better that you'll get some support <laughs> at that yeah, that's, point. That's true. That's true. If I were to try to give someone a very simple, like, this is what you need to think about before you start doing, you know, remote recording or live streaming or whatever, 
you know, you need to have a very modern machine with good processing, good storage, fast storage, as you learned, because you had yeah. a scenario where you were trying to record basically five streams onto your hard drive and your one hard drive wasn't really fast enough. Right. And you needed to split it up. Even then you still had some issues. So good, fast recording, good, fast computer, but more importantly, you need strong internet. And yeah. in, in, in your case, you were doing three inbound streams and you were doing three outbound streams because the MIMO is sending return video to right. each participant. So you probably weren't even doing a calculation in your head, but I mean, I, I do these things automatically now where I'm like, okay, I've got five remote participants and each one is going to be three megabits inbound and then three megabits outbound. Like you have to do that math and you have to know like, okay, my, and, and I'm on a, a fiber business line where I've got what they call symmetrical bandwidth. So it's, it's up and down. It's the same speed, but you're on uh, consumer yep. broadband, probably cable, right? Uh, yeah. Right. So your speeds will vary based on the loads in your right. neighborhood. Right. Right. Not even just your house. Like your wife might be streaming and that might be affecting, but your neighbors all might be streaming on the same what they call a node in a in a cable um right, modem right. type thing. So in your node or your neighborhood, you may not get the same speeds every time. And that of course will affect the quality of the stream quality of the recording i mean the whole bit and these are all things that you have to think about before you just you know dive in head first now granted you dove in head first which you know that's one approach but you you know you have to be willing to bleed a little bit well that's it i've always been on the bleeding edge and <laughs> and you know to make things even worse as you say you you need to have good processing you need to have good bandwidth and all that well the the MacBook Pro that I'm using is a mid-2015. So, you know, it ain't the fastest out of the box uh, anymore. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, I need to upgrade. Well, yeah, but then there's a question of, you know, it always comes down to budget. What, Where do you need to put what you can? But, yeah, to your point, faster bandwidth, faster processing, faster hard drives, makes it a whole lot easier yeah i mean these are these are things if you want to set yourself up for success that um that's the sort of the the minimum price of entry yeah so what what do you feel like you're still trying to conquer in this new world of uh remote live stream and capture what do you what do you feel like you still are not completely sorted out with i think one of the things that i really learned about that um, episode that we did was that as I move forward, the next couple that I'm going to do is just me and one other person. So I'm not trying to do so many streams at the same time uh, because I can always, if I decide I want to put you know two two speakers together in the same show, I can edit that together later. But the actual capture process, I think I'm going to try to streamline a little bit. And and that's a good point because you have to. You have to know what your personal limitations are. 
it's very yeah. hard to sit there as the technical director, as the interviewer, <laughs> as the you know person handling the recording and just all the process. It's hard. I did one well, show where I was a host and and the switching and the recording or whatever, and it was not easy, as you said. You you can't put all of your attention to all the things and be good at all of them. Something's exactly. going to suffer. So I think to your point. I think you have to know where your personal limitations are. And I think that's probably a smart idea. Start with what you can manage, which is yeah. maybe one at a time. And then, as you say, if it's not live on the internet, then you can edit it and you can put multiple interviews together. And that's more traditional storytelling. You're just using the modern technology to capture them where in the past that might've been six, you know, location shoots. Now it's, you know, six remote recording sessions. Yeah, I think moving forward, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up now and and do smaller steps and and work my way up to where I'm comfortable. You're gonna keep going. You haven't given up. I think nope. I think that's you know I think that's probably a good approach to this. And I think that the as you said, the more frequency that you get with anything the smoother and more second nature it'll, it'll become. And when it works, it's really fun. So what's your next, what is your next venture in, in the live recording? <laughs> well, next week I'm going to do probably two interviews and each one is going to be a one-on-one -on -one. and one will be for the music channel and one will be for the production channel. And then I'm starting to line up, you know, more in the future because it's just sort of like, okay, let's keep doing this. Let's make it work. Tell everyone the channels again, your two YouTube channels. Okay. The production channel is called The World Is My Location, and that's on YouTube. And the music channel is called Bernie Drops the Needle. And that's where every week I release an episode about classic rock. And I talk about the, the music and the artists that I've, that I've known over the years from my personal record collection. So you can check those channels out on YouTube. I will put some links in the show notes. If you tune in to the World is Location channel, you can see yours truly on there with uh, Bernie and Steve Marr and I forget the... Kenny Chrysler. And Kenny Chrysler. And you can watch us talk about production in the COVID era. And Bernie, thanks for uh, sharing your experiences with, with the audience. I always find that these are learning experiences for everyone involved <laughs> well, well thanks art i really appreciate it and uh always fun talking to you do you have something to say drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or even better call our new twip voice mailbox and leave us a message 601-564-TWIP that's 601-564-8947 also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>